love. Some would say it took a backseat when the pandemic forced us apart. As a family-run and proudly Canadian-owned company, Charm Diamond Centres saw the need to bring us together with tales of love and created the Canadian Love Map podcast. Since then, we've shared hundreds of real, uplifting stories that prove love conquers all. So thank you for listening. We couldn't do it without you. And remember, love starts here. Yeah, I think it was a break from from everything that's happening around us. It People really needed something good, and especially when they won. Like I said, it it was, you know, they this little school made history with that championship win. So people, you know, everybody wanted to celebrate, whether they were basketball fans or not. They knew these girls, and everybody wanted to be a part of it. Hi, I'm Nancy Regan. Today's love story belongs to Jess and Mike and a whole team of girls who made a dark year a lot brighter. In this episode, we're taking you to a tiny little spot off the coast of Nova Scotia for this underdog story that made big waves in the local community. Hi, Jess and Mike. How are you? Very good. Good. Thank you so much for joining me today. And you know what? Before we get into this conversation, I want you to tell me where you are. So it would be a uh, half hour drive from the nearest town, uh, which is Digby. And we uh, would take our first ferry boat ride to Long Island, the village of Tiverton. Um, drive through Long Island to the village of Freeport, where we catch our second ferry to our home in, in Westport, Bar Island. So how small is this place? Uh, Briar Island only has about 200 full-time residents. Um, I'm not quite sure the population of Long Island, but um, uh, a, f- a little bit more, but not many. I think it was just around, just shy of 800. Tell me your love story, if you would. I met Jessica in, in high school. We both went to high school together in Freeport, the, the local high school. I'm a few years older than her. She was a couple grades younger, but we we met. um, And I guess... We hung out with the same group of friends. Yeah. Played the same sport. So you were were robbing the cradle? (laughs) She's a couple years younger. (laughs) Two years. Jess, give me your... That was a very cut and dried (laughs) version from Mike. Give me your version of it, please. It was basically the same thing. Um... I went to school in Westport until I was in grade six and our school only went to grade six. So when I got in grade seven, I had to go to Freeport to school. So that's when I met a whole new bunch of friends. So, I mean, we had known each other for, you know, several years, right? Cause we all, it's like I said, it's a small school. We all hung out with the same crowd of people. We were both into the same types of sports and stuff, same group of friends. And we were friends for years and then, once we hit high school, we started dating. Sorry, I went on to university, and, and when I could, i come home and visit uh, and spend time with Jess. And then uh, towards the end of my university career and, and hers, we kind of ended up back in the same spot again. So it all worked out perfect. And did you always want to stay or settle down in that same community where you grew up? I wasn't sure of it. I I think every kid going to school here thinks, you know, I got to get away from here, go somewhere's bigger, uh, do better things. But 
there's really not much better out there than here. And um, my mind was really made up when I come home and, and me and Jessica, um, we moved in together. And when we started talking family, um, this is definitely where I want it to be. And my work brought me here as well. So everything worked out perfect. Let's talk about your work for a sec, Mike. So I'm a, I'm a marine engineer with the Canadian Coast Guard. I work on the uh, search and rescue lifeboats and the vessels based right here in, in Briar Island. Yes, and we talked about this at the beginning of our recording today that your phone is on and the ringer stays on no matter what. So if we get in interrupted, we will deal with that. We will know that it's important. So thank you for that service. That's that's a, a contribution to the country and it's really special. Mm -hmm. Jess, did you always want to stay there? Pretty much. I mean, you know, I was excited to go off to school and stuff and experience, you know, a different type of lifestyle and setting. But, oh boy, living around fire trucks and police cars and sirens and constant noise. Like, I was used to, you know, four-wheelers going down the street. I could sleep with that. I had a rough time adjusting to life in Halifax for a while. It was not something I was used to. So, I'm... I'm a small town home girl. <laughs> and now you have how many kids? Two daughters. Two girls. So was it a good decision to bring them up there? Most definitely. Yeah, community raises children here. When it, they say it takes a village to raise a child, Westport has that village to help raise your children. Oh, that's so amazing. Well, we're going to jump to your... Uh, contribution raising other people's children, <laughs> I guess now, because we want to talk about the excitement recently, this past spring, in Westport and in the uh, area that you're in. So let's go back a couple of years and just tell me about your decision to uh, take on a special role at the high school where you teach. Or the school, yeah, sorry. Yeah, so um, I was at work one day, and I think it was lunchtime or the end of the day or something. I had a couple of um, the girls come knock on my door. Well, they wanted to play basketball. They didn't have a coach anymore. Would I coach them? And I told them I didn't know. I'd have to think about it. I had a lot of other stuff on the go, especially with two girls, and we were, were busy. And they took that as a yes. That my my thinking about it was a yes. They went and told the other players, Jess is going to coach us. We got a coach. We're good. Well, how do you say no to that, right? So I came home. I told That's Mike awesome. that, you know, the Katie and Gracie and a couple of them had come to see me. He's like, well, what are you going to do? I'm like, well, I couldn't see them not have a team is what it came down to. So three years later, here we are. Okay, so let's talk about how big the school is. Um, a little, uh, it's around 118 this year, and that's pre-primary to grade 12. 118 students. That's incredible. Okay, so you don't have a very big pool to draw from that's... when you've got a, a basketball tryout. No. No, no tryouts. No tryouts. <laughs> Anybody that wants to play gets to play. Oh, that's pretty special. And you two both played basketball in your past, yep. right? Yeah. I, I played uh, junior through to senior in high school and then on to university, did some intramural and, and um, 
things like that, but then kind of got away from the sport a little bit. And, and this brought me back to it. So Jess, how did the beginning of your coaching career go? First couple of years? What was it like? Um, It was pretty good. It was, you know, the first year was a big learning experience for myself and the girls. Um, <clears throat> some of these girls have never played basketball in their life. They didn't know what a layup was. They didn't know where to shoot a foul shot from. Um, you know, a few of them knew some basics and stuff. So it was really that first year was a really a big building year for, for all of us. Cause I mean, Michael and I had coached a team back in 2011, 2012 with a whole different bunch of girls. So, you know, like I, I played basketball to play and have fun. Michael, he kind of lived more for the sport, like was really into it. So, um, he would give me a lot of advice even back at the start on, you know, some practice tips and stuff like that. We would go, I would go online, look for drills and stuff. Um, the second year was much better. We had a few new girls join us, but by then mo most people at least knew what basketball was and the proper terms and stuff. Okay. But that makes what happened eventually all that much more extraordinary. Yes. Tell me about Jess, how you recruited a co-coach eventually for this year. <laughs> well, last, <laughs> the year before, um, we were probably halfway through our season and I was kind of co-coaching with one of my former players that I had coached back in 2011, 2012. And then she fell in love and moved to PEI with her man and kind of left me by myself, which was okay. But like I said, with two girls and other stuff on the go, it was a lot for a bit. And so I asked Mike to come to a couple practices just to give some pointers, see what some things we could work on. And then they wanted him to come back and he went to a few more and then he just kind of stuck with us. So he decided at the end of last season that he was going to stay as much as full-time as he could with his work schedule. So this year we worked um, a lot on trying to set up our games on his off weeks so he could be at all the games and with practices, he could only come, you know, every other two weeks on it, on his off time. So I love that. It was actually the girls who sort of invited you into the circle. Mike? They did. I was, I was at one of their games. Jess invited me to a game to, to go check them out and see how they were doing. So I did. And, um, uh, I was like the hyped up sports fan on the sideline that couldn't keep quiet. <laughs> I was yelling a lot. And, by the end of the game, a lot of the girls, if they were inbound and near me, would be like, Mike, what do I do? What do I do? And and I would give them <laughs> little tips and pointers. And it was at the end of that game, I heard this quiet little voice go, Mr. Mike. And, and I turned around. It was one of the girls from the team. And they're like, would you like to come to practice with us and help Miss Jess out? And, and that's how it all started. I went to one practice, and then they invited me back. So. <laughs> They decided I, to keep them. I told Jess I'd keep going until they didn't <laughs> ask me anymore. And that took us to the end of their grade uh, or their second year together, I guess. Um, I could only be with them part of the year because of uh, work responsibilities. But now I uh, I helped where I could. And then at the end of that year, they asked if I would come back and be a part of the team for well, what would be this year. And I agreed. Okay, so tell me what happened this year. So this year, um, we started our year. Um, 
And the girls were real nervous to play, like always. They didn't know how well they were going to do because in the past they've been beaten pretty bad by some teams. But um, we always we always say we never give up in a basketball game. And if we're not having fun, we're doing something wrong. But game after game this year, the girls kept winning. They they started every game. They started winning, and they went on to. Uh, win every game, and then ultimately the, the championship, the Western Region Division Three champions. Okay, so yes, you're giving away. That's the big deal. And and how big a deal was it for them to win that championship? Huge. Put it in context for us. Yeah. <laughs> the school in Freeport has never hung a basketball banner. This was the first group of girls the gym only has a couple banners. I believe there's a cross country one, a track and field one. So they were the first bunch to hang a basketball banner in the gym and a championship banner at that. And the, and to have home court advantage. Like we played the championship game in our home gym, which has never been done before. We, we hosted it. Well, first of all, let's talk about that championship game. I'm a basketball player from way back. So I'm very curious, but I also just want to, for our listeners, hear sort of the excitement of the game. So this team um, we played this year, um, the Shelburne Rebels, a much bigger school than us, but uh, we played them twice this year, uh, once before the championships. Um, we beat them by one point, and then uh, we went on to win against them in the final. But Last year, this team, we played them once, and we lost by 50 points to this team. So wow. when we when we went to play this team, the girls, uh, they didn't know how well they were going to do. So when they won their first game against them, they, they were over the moon. They really was. And then um, they're like, well, you know. Maybe, maybe that was a fluke and this and that. I'm like, listen, there's no flukes in basketball. There's only wins and losses. So one point, that's all it takes to win. And anyway, they went into their last game with them, super confident. Um, we worked hard on a lot of things, uh, worked hard on their strengths, and um, they, they pulled it off. They played great. So what was the final score? Uh, I don't recall right off. 67 to 45, maybe? Yeah. Oh, so that was a pretty big spread. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's okay. We dumped them. (laughs) I was just curious. Let's talk about the end of the game. What happened? Well, I don't don't really think they realized it was the end of the game. There was, like, the buzzer went. They... I think they still thought, we're thinking they had another quarter left. <laughs> there was a big pause, and then finally they started showing some emotion and congratulating each other. And then I think it took a little time for it to sink in for them. There was a lot of tears, a lot of hugs, um, a Screaming lot of excitement. Height, yeah. Like, they were just, I don't know. Like I said, I think it took a bit for it to sink in for them. How did you two feel? Oh, I was crying with them. <laughs> It was pretty emotional. That one, there was five Mike. minutes left in the game, and I can remember walking to my wife uh, down the sideline, and I said to her, I said, uh, they've won this basketball game. And I knew that five minutes in, but or five minutes left of the game, um, I was really confident in them. But they, they really weren't sure right up until the last minute. 
Um, they were winning the game, winning game by a lot. I, I took a timeout, which is kind of odd, a minute left in the game. You're winning by 17 points, but I really just wanted them to calm down, realize what they had done. Breathe. Um, yeah, <laughs> and, you know, no more risky plays. Don't get yourself hurt. Um, it's things like that, right? And compose yourself, go back out, and, and enjoy this last minute of basketball. And also, I wanted to make sure the five girls that were graduating this year were on the court all together for the last last minute together. This podcast is brought to you by Charm Diamond Centers, Canada's largest family-owned jewelry store. They are proud to be putting love on the map. And the staff at Charm Diamond Centers are thrilled to be a part of your love story too. So visit charmdiamondcenters.com or one of your local stores. Love starts here. Okay, so let's talk now about the reaction of the community because that's really the other dimension of this love story. Like I wanted to talk to you two about meeting and and, uh, getting together and coaching together, but I really wanted to hear about this community response to this high school girls basketball team winning. It was something else. Like they said, the beef, about a week before the championship game, the girls all got together at the community hall. They made posters. They made signs to hang up in the gym for the parents. All the parents and brothers, sisters, they all came to the outside of the parking lot of the gym um, to wish them well before the game. And the girls, we had them line up and they came out of the gym. I had the parents line up, so they kind of made like a V. And the girls all ran out through them, cheering, yelling. And then they turned around, ran back through them, back into the gym to get ready for the game. And then, like Mike said, after the game, like the parents finished the game. By the time we came outside with the banner and so they could see their parents, do pictures, all that stuff, because they weren't allowed in the school. Like the parents were all back there with their signs. Um, Mike and I had roses to hand out to our graduating five. Um, some of the parents had bought roses for all the team players as well. Like it was just like horns were honking. Like everybody was there. Our principal was there, our athletic director. Like it was, it was big. But it wasn't confined to the parking lot. No, no, it moved on. (laughs) Once we got to the ferry, word spreads quickly in a, in a little community and the ferry, the ferry members knew about it. So they were tooting their horn and congratulating the girls and and doing turns with the ferry boat and then once we get off the ferry there was people in their yards <laughs> clapping and uh fire department was out with the fire trucks the girls were so excited on the ferry they're like we're gonna do a parade around the island so the ferry was full of pretty much most of us we sent out a few texts so there were a few people that joined us and we went westport's very small so we went i think we went halfway up water street went all the way down the back street then we went down what we call the front road down to the point then back up all water street so we made sure we covered all of westport and like you said there were people in their driveways people on their decks people in their windows like waving honking it was it was pretty awesome to see that sounds pretty spectacular tell me what you meant when you said the ferry did some turns they did like a 360 coming across the passage, blaring their horns. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. 
<laughs> were the girls were the were you the girls waiting for it at the time or were they on the ferry? No, we, we were, were all on, on the, the ferry. ferry. Yeah, we were coming across and yeah. like we didn't know it was going to happen. Like when we went to go drive on the ferry, the whole line of us started honking our horns driving down the ferry slip in Freeport. And then once everybody got on the ferry and parked, then the ferry started blasting their horn. And then as we were probably like a minute, two minutes outside of docking in Westport, the uh, ferry started laying on its horn again. And it did a little couple 360s before they docked us into mm -hmm. the wharf. The girls must have just thought they'd gone to heaven. They, they did. They were loving it. There was a little party on the deck of the ferry boat. Um, everybody was, you know, the doors and the minivans were slid open. Everybody was having fun and still people celebrating. Were, people were out moon roofs. And... Mm -hmm. Seems to me that it's a, a pretty incredible experience, particularly during a tough year. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think it gives people something to look forward to. They were tuning in to this girls' basketball team. Everybody was following it. You, If I met somebody on the street, they'd be like, you know, coach, I watched the game. You know, you're doing great. And they give me little tips and pointers. Mm -hmm. Like everybody was tuning in. And yeah, I think it was a break from, from everything that's happening around us. It People really needed something good. And especially when they won, like I said, it it was, you know, they this little school made history with that championship win. So people, you know, everybody wanted to celebrate, whether they were basketball fans or not. They knew these girls and everybody wanted to be a part of it. Big wins like that just don't happen here. So everybody was really excited. How disappointed were they that they didn't get to go on to the provincials? We were all pretty disappointed. Like we knew that beforehand that it wasn't going to happen, but I'm fairly confident had we have gone on to provincials, these girls would have seated very high and would have had a very strong possibility of watch, walking away with a provincial banner as well. I tuned in and watched the um, the other teams, the other regional winners, and and as a coach, I was very honest with them. There, there was there's some very good teams out there, but at the end of the day, I told them they would have been there. They would have been very competitive, and it would have been real exciting to see how well these eight girls could have done against these much bigger, larger teams. Teams that do have tryouts. Yeah, and they had to be in good shape if there were only eight of them. That's a pretty shallow bench. Our basketball plan this year was very simple, and it was run, 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 which is kind of odd because of the small bench we had. We didn't have a lot of players to look to, but I was fairly confident yeah. in, in the conditioning of my players through other sports, through work of their own, uh, through bas past basketball seasons that they would do just fine, and they did. And it actually worked to be a little bit of an advantage for us. These bigger, bigger teams with 10, 12 people on them. Um, if they thought they could run with our girls, well, entire SO, they were mistaken because these girls could, they could run and play. And we used our timeouts very wisely for uh, basically breaks. We always told them they could be tired tomorrow. Yes, that was... <laughs> That was one of the things we repeatedly <laughs> said, girls, you can be tired tomorrow. And that became kind of the motto for the year. That's so great. And what would you say the two of you got out of this year? We had a lot of fun. I really enjoyed <laughs> going to the gym and, and, and spending time with the team and my wife. It was, you know, time out of the house. Our our girls would frequent us at practice, um, our two daughters and the the. The basketball team, I know it was a little bit of an interruption for them, but they were real good about it. They, you know, played basketball with them and, and uh, 
the girls sat and watched and my girls tuned into every basketball game. They know <laughs> every basketball player. They're like, uh, they're definitely role models to, to my two daughters. Um, uh, my oldest daughter believes they all have superpowers of some sort <laughs> and, and aspires to be like each one of them, which I love to see. I love which to is see. great because we hope, you know, by the time our oldest hits junior high that we'll be back to coaching again. <laughs> and I bet they're never going to forget this year. I no. hope they don't. I told them to to savor the moment. And, and I guarantee down the road when they all meet up, uh, they'll be talking about it. Their names are all signed after uh, a couple of days after we got the, after the game, uh, we met in the gym at lunchtime and um, I had an ice cream celebration cake. Every year I buy them a cake, no matter how their season goes. And it's kind of our end of the year celebration. So we had cake at the school. Um, Mike came over for that. And uh, then we went to the gym and all the girls signed the back of the banner they put some quotes from the year on it, their names, their numbers. So I definitely don't think it's anything they'll ever forget. Well, we're going to hear from them actually right now. Oh, awesome. <laughs> okay. Isabella, you go first. She'll get Well, I was just going to say like, we've worked together as a team, like so well, like we were complimented as like our teamwork and how we just have like this great connection. I feel like because our school is so small, we don't have many options and like girls to play with. So us working together for so long and us finally winning, it just made it that more surreal because we just yeah, have like, like we know each other on the court and just, yeah. in the community, like we're all close friends and it just made it that much better when we won. What are they like as coaches? <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, like there's so many things. <laughs> We call her Miss Jess and she's kind of just like, we make her laugh all the time because <laughs> we're just kind of crazy. And Mike is very like, just as a coach, like he has such knowledge for the game that like being coached by him just made it that much more fun to play. And I feel like he prepared us so well for games that like, I know it made me less nervous to play games because I felt more prepared as a team. We bond as a team with our coaches, but then like we each individually have a relationship with each of them because like before our championship game, Mike took us like out like one-on-one -on -one and he talked to us to make sure we were all okay and just like ready. So I feel like on big teams or like different places, you don't get that, but he just cares about like all of us and like Jess too. Like they just want to make sure we're okay before we play. They just knew that we could do it all season and then for us to actually do it. Cause they really believed in us the whole time. Okay. Jaden, tell me your reaction when you walked into the parking lot. <laughs> well, it was, I'd never experienced anything like that, especially since this was my first year playing with these girls. It was like a big family. And then I never ever experienced that before. So like, like Gracie's mom was hugging me and like her dad was, you know, patting me on the back and telling me that I did a good job and just stuff like that. It really, I don't know. It felt like you were loved and it was nice. Yeah. You realize like, it's just so good because like you're with your team and your family and like, everyone's just so happy. And it was just like all of our hard work paid off. It felt really rewarding to know that yeah. like, all of our practices that like 
we had practices not on days we would have practices and it all paid off in that like one moment like that one moment of the fairy turning yeah we're like wow like that's what it just felt good thanks mr mike and miss jess thanks mr mike and miss jess we love you thank you mr mike and miss jess oh thank you mr mike and miss jess Thank you, Mr. Mike and Ms. Jess, for this amazing experience. Well, the, the school motto is small but mighty, um, and they, they truly were. But we also, as a basketball team, we, we, we never give up. Well, you guys clearly set the tone, and I love the story. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. Thank you for getting in contact with us. I'm coming down to see you when, when things loosen up. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to the Canadian Love Map. If you love us, please subscribe and share. We'll be back next week with another love story to add to the map. This podcast is presented and made possible by Charm Diamond Centers. It's hosted by me, Nancy Regan, and is produced and distributed by Podstarter.